Welcome to the Progress Your Health podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Uh, so middle of summer, uh, enjoying some beautiful weather. Gorgeous. A uh, little hard to get into the podcast room and actually sit down and record some of these. Uh, you know, summer gets a little distracting. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're here. We have some, actually some uh, questions came in recently that were really good. Uh, good in the fact that they're, you know, they're ones that come up a lot. Uh, and we figured that these would be, you know, good to talk about. Yeah, it would be helpful to the listeners. Um, so I guess, should we just go ahead and start reading the question? Yeah, let's dive into it. This first one is, uh, what's, what's the name of the first one? Yeah, we, we usually, um, we always change the names of the uh, the questions because we know we just, you know, just to respect the privacy of our, you know, Progress Your Health community. So this one we changed to Alexis. Oh, well, I said Andrea and then you said Alexis. I like the name Alexis. Well, yeah. I like the name Andrea too, but I like Alexis. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well. And uh, this <laughs> this person will will call her Alexis. Alexis. So, do you want me to read it? Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, again, this is from Alexis. Hi there. This forum is fabulous. Thank you. Well, thank you right back. Um, I am so confused with dosing. How much is one gram of biased in ml uh, milliliters? So confusing. I use a one ml syringe. One ml is a lot of cream. She's right. It's an eighty twenty ratio. And I will split the dose. Reading that your recommendation, so this was actually from a reader from one of our blog posts, but reading that your recommendation starting dose is three milligrams, how much exactly is that in cream in terms of milliliters or mLs? That can't be three mLs. That would be three syringes. Sorry to be dapped. I've tried to find the answer on the Google, but nothing is making sense to me. Maybe that's why I need bios. Oh, she's so cute and funny. Anyway, help. Thank you, Alexis. Yeah, uh, so uh, this is, we get a lot of questions like this about, and dosing comes up all the time, right? There's this uh, mystery about dosing because this is where the the art and science kind of cross cross paths a little bit. There's certainly a science to it, um, but the art comes in the dosing. That is the part that um, I think, uh, you know, you're the kind of the master of that, right? Because uh, when, uh, you know, all women have different lives, different physiologies, different genetics, different, uh, you know, lifestyles. Uh, they can't all have the same dose. Uh, and we see a trend of these women asking us questions and we see that there's a very specific trend in their dosing they get from doctors across the country. Uh, and it's usually always on the underdosing, or what we would consider pretty much on the underdosing side. Now there's a lot of factors that go into a dose. Um, but you know, she states three milligrams. Uh, if you and I had to pick a, a the most common starting point, we would say for most women, uh, at least mine is anyways, uh, mine would be three milligrams as a starting dose for most women. Exactly. So Alexis, uh, she wrote this in as an email, as a question. So um, she had read a you know, a blog post we had written and we had talked about three milligrams as kind of being sort of like an average dose that you would start with. 
like Dr. Mackey said, um, everybody's different, age, goals, whatnot. And, and of course, I always tell patients too when we're starting out is sometimes less is best as we can always start off really low and work our way up as opposed to doing too much of a good thing and then you got to back yourself down. But um, we wanted to just clarify because we, we get a lot of questions like this and a lot of... Um, a lot of people, a lot of the readers, a lot of the question askers, they forget to put in their dose. And I think um, that's probably like number one, that's important. But when you're looking at so many aspects of what is biased, you know, what is a milliliter? What is a gram? What does 80-20 ratio even mean? They sometimes forget what the, you know, what dose are on. So we did go back to Lexus and ask her, well, what, you know, Thank you know. Thank you for the information and the question. But what specifically dose you know dosing are you getting? And it was one point two five milligrams per mL. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which again is a common, but she left that part out on the first email, which that is what happens most of the time. They ask us about their dosing, but they leave out the, the actual, what we would consider, you know, the dose or the concentration. The 80-20 is just the ratio of the two hormones that are in there, the estradiol and the estriol. Most of the time, 80% is the estriol and 20% is the estradiol. So you'll see off in the parentheses, if you have a prescription, it'll say a certain milligram number, in her case, 1.25 mg slash ml, okay, milligrams per milliliter, that is her dose. And then the ratio is the 80-20. Uh, some do 50-50. We've done kind of almost every combination you can do. That's the cool thing with compounds is you can do 90-10, you can do... You, anything you could conceivably think of to match that individual. Yeah, you could do straight estradiol, you could do straight estriol, you could do 50-50, you could do 70-30. That is the beauty, and this is what people need to realize, is that that's the beauty of bioidentical hormone replacement and compounding in general is because those prescriptions are tailored by a doctor uh, to a particular patient, not the cookie cutter approach where, you know, you have three, three options to, you know, to solve your problems. And if, you know, honestly, what happens most of the time, if those options are not viable or effective, you're kind of left with, you know, no options left. So uh, that's why we answer these questions. That's why we started doing it in the first place, because we noticed that this kind of information really isn't online anywhere. Just like she said, she tried to Google it and she couldn't find it. Something is so simple to, to, to realize that, not, you know, not to criticize her in any way, but to make this understandable in a, in a, in a way that to realize, oh, okay, milligrams and grams are the same thing. Uh, mil- the milliliters actually to answer Alexis's questions, a milliliter is a gram. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so she's getting confused because we always do, when we call in a prescription to a pharmacy, we always do it in milligrams per gram. Uh, now that might determine that might be determined by the pharmacy. It might be determined by the pharmacist. It might be the the dosing vehicle that they use, whether they're using a toppy click. In this case, she's using a syringe. That's the problem. That's maybe that's the downside is that there's so many different options that it, it does get really confusing, not only for practitioner pharmacy but also for the patient because every every practitioner does it a little bit differently than the next. Yeah, as a patient, it's you know. It's different now. Um, you know, I remember my grandmother, she would, she had a lot of prescriptions and she would show me all the prescriptions and she just have, you know, this color pill and this pill. And I take this one at this time and this one, I'm like, well, what are they? She didn't know the doctor prescribed them for her and she took them according to what the doctor told her, which is fine. She trusted her doctor, but now, you know, I think it's important for that patient education to know, okay, what am I taking? What exactly am I taking it? How am I taking it? And what am I taking it for? Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know where, where I heard it. I was watching some kind of a presentation. Maybe it was, a, we were doing like a CE lecture online or something. 
And they were talking about how, like, let's say 1950, you got the Norman Rockwell style doctor, family doctor, where the doctor was the center of the healthcare. Uh, so everything kind of revolved around the doctor. Now the patient is in the middle, which is probably the way it always should have been. The, the patient should be in the middle. And then all these uh, other practitioners and, you know, allied health and everything is around the patient. Um, but at the same time, those other people that are around the patient, don't, there's not a lot of communication necessarily. So now the patient has to become their own advocate and try to figure some of these things out because there's not really great resources to be able to explain. Whether you were talking conventional or functional medicine, you know, sometimes it's it's challenging to get some of these simple answer, these simple detail answers, uh, you know, to get those answers. Yeah, exactly. And like with Alexis, you know, she's going on Google trying to figure out, well, I'm on an ML. Um, is it one ML? Uh, you know, what's the grams? And yeah, to, and it, and, and like you said, it's in some ways, yeah, it's, you know, and we know this because we've been doing this for so many years, but I can understand when someone's looking at it, well, an ML, is that a gram? And Yep. Yep. Alexis, that, that is a gram. So right now she's on 1.25 milligrams per gram or one ML of her syringe is going to equal one gram. So just to kind of, I hope this isn't further confusing to, I guess, um, further educate is so one of her ML syringes, that one ML syringe is equal to one gram, which that entire one ML syringe is equal to 1.25 milligrams of biased. Yeah. Right. Uh, now that uh, right off the bat, if her syringe is only one mil, um, I that seems a little odd to me. So it must be like a almost like an insulin syringe. It must be a very kind of skinny, you know, skinny syringe. That means she'd There's be some one mls that are thicker than the insulin syringes, but they're really small. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So or that, the three mls. Yeah, yeah. So that means that would be basically a one application. You'd be going through a lot of syringes to be able to get through a month's worth. Uh, so we do this. Let's say the most common these days is a toppy click. You know, that's a little device. Looks kind of like a de- deodorant dispenser. A little click on the bottom. You turn it. Uh, you know, what we always tell our patients, two clicks is equal to one half gram. Okay. Or in this case, two clicks would be equivalent to one half milliliter. Okay. Gram and milliliter are basically the same thing. So when we uh, write the prescription for a woman, we understand more so because you figured this out a long time ago, that one gram is relatively a large, a large amount of cream. Uh, so we increase the concentration. So then, and we always want them to apply the, their bias cream. We always want them to apply it twice a day. So she does one half gram or one half milliliter in the morning and then one half milliliter at night. So total for the day, she's using one gram total, but now she still gets to whatever the uh, concentration is. In this case, 1.25 milligrams. We would probably never write a prescription for 1.25 milligrams. It's just, it's just too low. Actually, I used to do that a lot. I do that a lot. Um, the 1.25, because half of that is 0.625, which is a very, very small dose, but that's a really good starting dose in somebody that might be in perimenopause. That, you know, they're maybe having some night sweats at night. There's some hormonal stuff going on with their periods that, that doing a very low dose. Now, granted, somebody that's in menopause that just got off Premarin or something super strong and not bioidentical, yeah, 1.25 milligrams would be, a bias would be like lotion. It would be nothing. It would do nothing. So it really, like like Dr. Mackey had explained earlier, it de- it depends on the individual. Yeah, true. Like, uh, exactly. Like if they're in perimenopause, they're still having a period or maybe even a, a sporadic period. 
um, you give them too much biased, you give them too much estrogen, and it's just going to make all of that worse. So you're right. In those pr- particular cases, you would want to be very, or if their menstrual history was fairly recent, you give them too much and their period's just going to come right back, uh, which is not a problem. It's not an emergency if their period comes back. We just want that, um, we want the bleeding either to not be there or we want it to be somewhat controllable or at least somewhat predictable. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the bias dosage, not the ratio. The ratio is kind of just a standard thing. You can pick any ratio you want, but this would also be, like you said, in that woman that's in perimenopause, you wouldn't want to give her anything stronger. You know, you wouldn't want to give a, a, that woman a 50-50 ratio. You want to keep her at the 80-20. So more estriol, less estradiol. Uh, but, you know, then you know, start out low, like you said, and then you can, you know, kind of gradually titrate that dose up over time as she has been able to tolerate that, you know, from whatever, whatever issues might come up. And Alexis had mentioned that in her question here that she was going to split the dose, which is um, actually exactly a great thing to do because, you know, in our blogs and what we always talk about is the bias, the bioidentical hormones are awesome. They're amazing. But really the bias doesn't have a very long lifespan. So if you put it on in the morning, a lot of it's pretty much out of your system by the evening time, you know, or you're not going to have an effect of the estrogen or the bias by the evening time. So splitting it up is a great idea. But for Alexis, um, you know, splitting that 1.25 milligrams per ml or 1.25 milligrams per gram in half, that would end up being 0.625 milligrams in the morning, 0.65 or 0.625 milligrams in the evening. That's still a very low dose, but that might be, you know, reasonable for her depending on, like I said, her age, her, you know, menstrual status and her goals. Yeah. It's really a tough spot for a woman to be having, uh, having hot flashes and then having a period at the same time. It puts the practitioner and, you know, and the patient too, it kind of puts you in a tough spot because you know that they need more estrogen, but if you give them more estrogen, it's going to make that bleeding a little bit more uncontrollable. Uh, you know, so that's, that's a challenge when they're, when their period is done, they haven't had one for six months or a year and they're having hot flashes. That's relatively an easy thing uh, because now you can be a little bit um, more, I wouldn't say aggressive, but you can be a little bit more, you can increase that dose a little bit more when that, when there's still some um, bleeding going on, it, makes your, you know, kind of ties your hands a little bit. So just to clarify, um, what Dr. Mackey's saying about, you know, making the bleeding more excessive or whatnot is estrogen loves to grow things, especially the uterine lining of your uterus. So if that lining is thick, that, and that can cause heavier periods, more frequent periods, chronic spotting. So that's one thing you have to be careful of in a menstruating female, or even a woman in, with their uterus. Um, when you're dosing estrogen is we want to it's that fine line, you know, you want to give just enough to, you know, get the effects that we want. But at the same time, you don't want that line to get too thick. And then like Dr. Mackey was saying was exacerbate the periods. Yeah, right. Uh, now we use, uh, we've talked about it on a couple episodes ago. We talk, uh, we do rhythmic dosing. Rhythmic dosing is where you actually, if a woman has her uterus, she's going to get her period back on purpose. Uh, we are trying to, you know, uh, with that dosing schedule, we're trying to specifically make their period return usually every 28 days. Now, sometimes a little earlier than that, uh, but now you can, con- can you control that. And now their dosings, their dosing levels can go much higher, um, which obviously has some benefits instead of having to stay in the, in the lower dosing range. Now, some of you listening are probably chuckling a little bit, or maybe even a little horrified because there's not a lot of, you know, menopausal women that want to get their period back. But there are some that do, and it depends on the goals, if we're going to do rhythmic dosing or we're going to do static dosing. So um, 
yeah, just to confuse you more, there's uh, so many different things you can do out there with the compounding and the bioidentical hormones. It's actually quite amazing. Yeah, it really, like you said, it really depends on the the, the woman's situation, what she's trying to accomplish. Uh, most of the time, as we've said before, too, that static dosing, same dose every day. That's what we're talking about, static dosing. Uh, 80-20 bias, progesterone, all that stuff, that... Uh, progesterone at night. Hopefully she didn't mention anything about progesterone. So hopefully she's taking progesterone as well. She should be taking and we would recommend an oral form of a bioidentical progesterone. uh, Again, to, as we said, to offset the growth of that uterine lining. Uh, The number one rule that we follow, we always have followed this rule is you never give a woman unopposed estrogen. Uh, A woman can take unopposed progesterone of of almost pretty much any menstruating age. A woman can take progesterone, um, but you know, if a woman still has her uterus, she, uh, and even if she doesn't, we still don't give them unopposed estrogen. Uh, you know, just because like you said, estrogen likes, likes to make things grow and it needs to have that balance to the progesterone. Uh, you know, so there's, you know, so there's that consistency over time. Exactly. So, um, so for Alexis to summarize, we, I love the math questions just cause I love math and I love numbers. So yeah, definitely, you know, her 80, 20 ratio, uh, 1.25 milligrams of biased that actually equals if you're, you know, 80% estriol of 1.25 is one milligram. So in a total 1.25 milligram per ml or, or gram is she's getting one milligram of estriol with 0.25 milligrams of estradiol. And that's like Dr. Mackey said, 80-20 is probably one of the most common, do, you know, ratios out there for biased only because estradiol is so strong that it's nice to have that estriol, which is more gentle, can kind of help buffer some of the negative side effects of estradiol. So they really, you know, really work well together. But like we had mentioned, you can pretty much do any ratio you want to with a compounding pharmacy. Yeah. And with a dose of 1.25 milligrams, you know, talk to your practitioner about that. But instead of trying to add more mills or, you know, more cream, um, the, all that needs to happen is the concentration. That 1.25 milligrams just needs to go up. Uh, so maybe it goes up to three or it goes up to, you know, whatever um, amount that is. But then how much you apply, in our case, our default dose uh, or application is always half a gram twice a day. Okay. Or on a topic click, two clicks twice a day. So that way they're not having, you know, as we stated earlier, they're not having to apply so much cream, but we can make that the, the dosage or the concentration, anything we want, but the, the default amount they apply is still always one half gram. Uh, that way it doesn't get out of control. It, uh, you know, they don't have to be rubbing in that, you know, that cream for, you know, 20 minutes. It able, it's able to absorb into the skin relatively easy. Uh, and, and that can be, you know, once a w- woman's up ready for a refill of that prescription, now it can be adjusted relatively easily. Uh, and, and again, usually a starting dose, you might start, like you said, you might start a woman at 1.25 milligrams, but she's not usually going to end there. It's going to be titrated up over time, depending on how she responds. Uh, and that's the beauty of the, you know, the bioidentical hormones, they can be, you can change that number to whatever you want. And it is very patient centered. That's the best part. Yes. So if any of you have any questions about your, you know, dosage or prescription or conversion with the, you know, the different dosings, because there's creams, there's capsules, there's trochies, there's transvaginal applications. There's so many different ways to do this that if you have any questions or you're unsure of, know that you're not alone because this stuff is confusing. You know, when I first started out doing bioidentical hormone replacement in 2004, I mean, yeah, the, the math was tough. You know, the math, trying to figure out that math is tough and trying to explain it to somebody is even tougher because, you know, 
Sometimes we're not always doing it in a layman's terms, but if any of you have any, you know, questions about dosing or ratios or milligrams or grams or, or milliliters, anything, you know, um, you know, definitely reach out. Yeah, you can send us an email. Uh, we do, you know, we can't answer all of them. We try to get to as many as we can. Uh, you know, it's just impossible to answer all of them, but you can send us an email at help at progressurehealthgut.com. We use that specifically for blog and podcast uh, types things just so we can kind of track that and understand what's coming in. And uh, and we appreciate it. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate that, you know, like in Alexis' case that uh, she finds it helpful what we're talking about, right? That's That gives us in some ways the confirmation that we need to keep doing more of it because people are getting, you know, getting answers to these uh, hard to find questions. So uh, do you have anything else to add or we, uh, we can bring this one to a wrap? We can wrap it up. Okay. Uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.